The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. Hey, month of May. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Welcome into Clubhouse Conversation. It's your dish for Game 2 against the Padres. That's the clean version of that famous quote from Hal McRae from many moons ago. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Yeah, the Royals have finally beaten May, at least for one night, as KC prevails 3-1 to in 11 innings tonight over the Padres. Just when it looked like things were so bleak, like the Royals could never score a run again, they came through in the 11th inning with some big hits to get the job done. But that's not the story of the game. The story of the game is the Royals pitching and namely a man named Jeremy Guthrie. We said last night right here we needed seven or eight strong innings out of Jeremy Guthrie, and he gave the Royals that and so much more. Eight innings that came into fruition, what we were asking for, as Jeremy Guthrie allowed just one run on four hits in his eight innings. Two strikeouts, one walk. Most importantly, Jay Guts was able to coax 12 ground ball outs. 12 ground ball outs for Jeremy Guthrie, which has been a surprisingly good trend in recent starts for Jeremy Guthrie, who's known as more of a fly ball pitcher. The breaking stuff is starting to work. He's keeping the ball down. So great job by Jeremy Guthrie. Eight innings completely, for the most part, saving the bullpen. You're not going to be without Wade Davis tomorrow as he threw an inning in last night's game, two innings tonight. So he's unavailable for an afternoon game tomorrow. I would assume Greg Holland is probably unavailable as well as he pitched that blowout game on Sunday in the last two nights. My guess is Aaron Crow is your closer tomorrow and Kelvin Herrera is your eighth inning guy. Tim Collins, perhaps your seventh if Shields can't go seven. But that's my guess for the bullpen tomorrow. But for the most part, Jeremy Guthrie got the bullpen back to about 70% strength tonight. So if we can get one more good start, one more good seven or eight inning appearance from James Shields tomorrow, they ought to be fresh and near 100% going into Seattle. So great job by Jeremy Guthrie. Wish he could have gotten the win, but you know what? Wade Davis deserved the win as well, the way he pitched. Two lights out, scoreless innings out of the bullpen. The man now has 21 strikeouts in 10 innings. 21 strikeouts in 10 innings for Wade Davis as he strikes out four in his two innings. He faces the minimum after getting a double play ball to end that 10th inning. Wade Davis, they just couldn't touch him tonight. Filthy. The cutter was working. The the, the hammer-breaking ball, the fastball was up at 96, blowing people away. They could not touch him. He now has a 2.35 ERA to go along with the 21 Ks in 10 innings. Of course, he has the one famous meltdown defensive blunder earlier this year on the throw to home plate. But, you know, that obviously was not his run that came home to score, and it was an error. So you take that out, that one outing out that is kind of infamous among the negative Royals fans out there, which you can't blame them. I don't blame Royals fans for being negative. But take that one outing out. And Wade Davis has been close to just absolute perfect this year. As perfect as you're going to get realistically from an eighth inning guy as his ERA is 2.35 and continues to move south. So great job by Guthrie and Davis. Then Greg Holland, how about shaking off last night, huh? He comes in, allows a one-out base hit, but faces the minimum thanks to a beyond dumb base running play by Will Venable. What in God's name was Will Venable doing out there? He already was thrown out once trying to steal earlier in the game. By Salvador Perez, the game was tied, so of course that was excusable, but one out in the 11th inning, you're down to your last two at-bats, your last two outs, he takes off? <laughs> that run means nothing. That's that's even worse than Omar Infante swinging last night 3-0, leading off the ninth. That's even worse than that. I'm sure Bud Black was not happy about that and probably 
uh, he, there's no way he called that. There's no way. So anyway, the Royals will take that second out as Salvic gunned him out for the second time in as many chances. Holland mops up on a, on a ground out, actually a strikeout, sorry, and a throw to first to end the game. And the Royals go on for the victory. But how about that pitching tonight? Let's look at their combined numbers. 11 innings, one run on six hits, eight strikeouts, and one walk. Only nine base runners and 11 innings for the Royals tonight. The whip of 0.8. We'll take that all day long. Now, offensively, well, not really a ton to be excited about tonight, if we're being honest. We'll take the win. we got to stay positive here. we got to hopefully build on this. But the offense was kind of like putting lipstick on a pig tonight, wasn't it? I mean, it got prettied up a bit by the 11th inning, but, you know, the final score looked good, but, you know, for the Royals' sake at least, but not a lot of encouraging stuff happened tonight. The good news is there is some good news. Well, of course, the Royals winning is number one, but Salvador Perez, his third home run of the year to tie this game up, a solo shot in the sixth inning to lead off that inning. The other good news is Eric Hosmer has been showing more extra base power in recent days, so has Billy Butler. Those two combined with an Alex Gordon single mixed in the middle to give the Royals a big two-run 11th inning as Hosmer leads off, saving the best for last. He had three Ks out of his first four ABs. His fifth AB laces a double to left center. Love seeing that. Salvi was unable to advance him. But Alex Gordon, a nice little seeing-eye single, will take it. He'll take it, get AG going again, but she will get going soon. He will get hot soon. That drives in the second run, and then Billy, the first pitch he sees is a pinch hitter, just rams one off the fence in right center field. So the offense came through there, but there, of course there's some negative things to talk about. Two things in particular. Situational heading continues to be very poor. The Royals again had a runner at third base with one out tonight after Alcides Escobar got an infield hit. So an infield hit for Alcides Escobar with one out in the top of the ninth, right? He steals second. He steals third. You have a count of 2-2 on Lorenzo Cain, and he fouls that to the first baseman, Kyle Blanks. Now, I'm okay with Escobar going there, you know, because Blanks is not a good defensive first baseman. That's not his natural position. He was going back. His back was basically to home plate. He was nearly in the stands over there, and it took a two-hop throw to home plate to get Escobar out. Or was he out, though? Was he? How, <laughs> How in the hell did the Royals not challenge that? I, I'm not sure about this rule, but wouldn't they have also had the whole two minutes between innings to still challenge that play? As long as you challenge by the next pitch, is there some rule on time between innings? I don't know the answer to that. I should look that up. But either way, how do you not challenge that? How do you not at least go out and ask the umpires to take a look at it? I mean, Escobar probably would have still been ruled out because I don't know that there was overwhelming evidence that he was safe, but it looked like his foot actually got in there before the tag. Again, I doubt that they would have overruled that, but you have replay. It's the ninth inning. I don't understand how that play is not looked at, either from the Royals' sake or from the umpire's sake. So not sure about that. I'm okay with the Royals sending Escobar there, though. You know, that would have been two outs. The way they've been hitting, you got to just roll the dice. However, it's too bad that the Royals couldn't get a solid base hit up the middle or a fly ball to the deep outfield out of Lorenzo Cain. It's just, it seems like game after game, we have one to two of those every single game where the Royals just can't get the run home from third base and one out. Didn't come back to hurt tonight, which is good, but that was one thing that bugged me there. And the other thing besides not challenging was Mike Moustakis striking out on a ball that got away. Tenth inning. Didn't even try to run to first. What was that? You got to play the game hard. You know what I saw? I meant to mention this on Sunday. What I saw, I love the way Alex Gordon plays the game. I love his approach to the play. He seems to have his own unique approach compared to the majority of the hitters in this team. I love how he busts his ass down the first baseline. Did you see that? 
against the Tigers. It must have been the eighth or ninth inning of the Sunday game in that blowout. He grounded out to Miguel Cabrera, unassisted, busted his tail, was out by about a half step. Cabrera was kind of like, what? You know, kind of give him a, a double-take look. I love seeing that. That's George Brett stuff right there. You know, Moose, come on, man. You're hitting in the 100s. You're in a tie game. You can't run the first base. Maybe you, you didn't see the ball get away. Okay, maybe. I don't know. It just, it just didn't look good. So hopefully that's not something that continues. It was good seeing how fired up Eric Hosmer got after that leadoff double there in the 11th. That seemed to kind of carry over to the rest of his team. Hopefully this is something that will loosen the Royals up. Tomorrow they've got their ace, James Shields, on the hill against the Padres. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the lineup tomorrow. I'm assuming we will see Salvi because, man, you take out Salvi and Billy Butler's bat in the National League, you have a weak lineup. you got Brett Hayes hitting eighth, the pitcher hitting ninth. You know, probably, I would assume, Escobar moves up to the six-hole, Dyson in the seven-hole. That's just not going to score runs. I think Salvi's got to catch tomorrow, and he'll want to. I imagine we'll see draw Dyson in there tomorrow to give Lorenzo Cain a game off. He just came off the DL. He played two extra innings games, afternoon game after night game. So I imagine Dyson will be in there. And I would think that would be the only lineup change tomorrow because I think Salvi will be back in there. So let's hope the Royals can come out tomorrow, get a win. Again, tonight, the pitching was fantastic. It's been most of the year that way. The offense was still stagnant. Or at least for one night, we can kind of hope that this is still a small sample size and they're showing signs. You just have to keep hoping that one of these games, one of these hits is going to just make the offense explode. It will happen at some point. Even if, the, even if this turns out to be a bad offense this year, the Royals will have weeks and stretches where they hit the ball and score runs. So let's hope one starts right now. Can we get this game tomorrow, get two out of three in San Diego? I'll take it. Even after the meltdown last night, you know that which was depressing, if they can get out of there two out of three, they're still on track for this road trip. You go in and get a minimum of a split in Seattle, possibly a three out of four, but I'll take the split in Seattle. You come home with a four and three road trip. You take that all day. That puts your game under 500, and you can do some things when you get back home, especially with the Rockies coming in for a couple next week. So nice win for the Royals tonight. And we will talk to you again on Thursday. I will not get to see the majority of the game tomorrow, so I am not going to ever do these if I'm not watching all nine innings or all 11 or whatever it is. I don't like people that do that. There's some radio shows and some you know people that do these types of things that will just listen to a game or read the box score. I'm not going to do that. If I can't see the game with my own eyes, the whole thing, I'm not going to report on it because that's just dumb. You know, I'm guessing at that point. So uh, there will not be a Davos dish for tomorrow. We will be back, though, coming up on Thursday uh, as the Royals go to Seattle. And also... Had an awesome interview with Matt Fields, the Omaha Storm Chasers. I almost said Royals there. Omaha Storm Chasers, first baseman. What an awesome guy. The man has had like a true Hollywood life. Like, you know, his life with baseball and retiring and coming back and getting discovered. Wow, I talked to him this afternoon. I cannot wait to share that story with you. I'll post that during the day on Wednesday here on Clubhouse Conversation. Make sure you take some time and listen to that interview with Matt Fields. And we also have another very exciting interview with an original Royal from 1969 that will be published later this week as well right here on Clubhouse Conversation where we update you pretty much on every single game and every Royals move. We talk to current players weekly. We talk to former players weekly. Hopefully this is the place that you'll start coming home to you know, every day. I must, I must listen to as your bookmarks during the season and several times during the week in the offseason. I'm glad to have you listening to us. Spread the word. It means a lot. If you spread the word about Clubhouse Conversation, we're doing things for the Royals here. We're excited to talk Royals baseball, preserve Royals history, and glad to have you listening to Davo's Dish today on Clubhouse Conversation. Good night.